Vengeance belongs to the Lord, so God doesn't want others to take the law into their own hands. Especially since uh, he did have a relationship with Cain somehow, so he was probably having mercy on Cain. He was having mercy on Cain. Yes. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics. We also review movies, books, and TV shows. Okay, welcome everybody. This is a series in Genesis that we are doing. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Zeke. And we're here with the Oh My Geekers podcast. And so we are discussing and going over chapter 4, verse 1 of chapter 4 of Genesis. And if you haven't already been with us, you can go back to the previous um, episodes, and we're we're just diving into um, the scriptures here and kind of commentating on um, each verse, and our goal is to actually get all the way to Revelation. It could, who knows how many years it'll take us to do this, but it doesn't matter. That's our goal, and we're going to do it. (laughs) So, um, go ahead, Zeke. Now Adam knew his wife Eve. Uh, That is, you know, new means something else. Intimate. Intimate. Now Adam was intimate with his wife. Uh, And she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Okay, so in in this first verse we have, uh, she says, I have acquired a man from the Lord. So she here believes that she has borne the promised seed back in Genesis chapter 3. Go go to the previous um, episode to learn more about that. And so, uh, this is why she claims that she has begotten a man. She's acquired a man. Some translation ins even put, uh, I have acquired a man, even the Lord. So, I have acquired a man, even the Lord. She thought this was going to be the incarnation of the Messiah. the second verse. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So why was Abel a keeper of sheep? Well, so there was a lot of other animals at this time which could provide clothing, so there must have been a reason. Uh, in the book of Luke, Jesus lists Abel as uh, the first prophet. Uh, and so this is probably because Abel may have showed through his lambs the true lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Uh, sheep were not eaten at this time because uh, they uh, they did not eat any meat back in this day before the flood and so uh he was probably keeping sheep as a example to everyone uh who the messiah would be 
So. So, a, uh, so pain was just tilled the ground. Was tilling the ground like special, or was it just? Uh, like, it, it it was just hay because that's what his that's what his dad had done. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So, my question is, why did God favor Abel's sacrifice more than Cain's? Okay, so some people believe uh, that Cain's heart was in the wrong place when he was offering the sacrifice. Others believe it was because Cain hadn't brought a lamb as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, uh, for the remission of his sins. Uh, they base it off of that verse, uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Remember that verse? Mm -hmm. So, I, I think that the lighter view is unlikely because one uh, grain offerings are prescribed in the Bible in the book of Leviticus like you can bring a grain offering and that will cover your sins your certain types of sins uh, and uh, secondly Cain probably didn't have the means to give one of his lambs because he was not a shepherd mm -hmm. so it's so why would you expect someone to bring a living animal with blood for the remission of sins if you did not tend animals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, well, and then it also says that Cain was very angry. Yes. It's like, why was he angry? Well, it's... And it says his countenance, countenance fell. Well, that just means that he had a bitter... bitter he had his face like went all red and stuff and he it was like he was frowning just because he had a, a fruit offering and well I, I i don't think that it was because he had a fruit offering it just was because he was born angry like well he got angry because he probably got angry because no because he did not res he, the Lord, did not respect Cain and his offering. Wow. Well, what was wrong with Cain's offering? So, I heard one person in my Hebrew class uh, speculate that the term end of days may refer to the end of the harvest season. Uh, Cain probably took the first fruits of his labor for himself at the beginning, at the beginning of days, like at the beginning of time when you harvest your food. You mean at the beginning of the year? Or? At the beginning of the harvest season. Oh, the harvest season. When was the harvest season typically? Uh, n nobody knows. This is pre-flood, so they oh. didn't really have a whole lot of different seasons at this time. Mm -hmm. It was main. It's mainly kind of like a, a tropical rainforest type. But there was a certain amount of, of months. There were a certain amount of months. You could tell months from years. Well, let's so. Just we know that a season is typically around, what, four months? Four months. Uh, let's say eight 
months. Okay, let's say eight months. Let's just speculate. So I would say he probably had four months, maybe towards the end of the months, mm -hmm. to harvest his grains, and he took the first of his fruits uh, and left God the scraps at the end of the days. At the end of the season. At the end of the season. Okay, so he, so that's why God was like, okay, you're just take, taking advantage, like you're being selfish. You're being selfish. I'm not going to recognize your offering because you did not give it willingly. And I think this is likely because uh, the verse talks about uh, Abel's sacrifice and how fat and juicy it was. Uh, he brought the very oh, best. He brought the best to God, his mm -hmm. best. He really cared for God. Mm -hmm. He really seemed like he really loved God, where Abel... Cain. Or sorry, yeah, thank you. Cain seemed like he had a chip on his shoulder. He was mad all the time. He was greedy. Um, I'm not liking this guy. <laughs> okay. Verse okay, six so and verse seven. Six and seven. Go ahead. Or do you want me to read? Everything? You you can read. Okay. So the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you." But you should rule over it. And so my question is, why is God asking Cain to rule over his sin? Well, like, so... He says at the end, but you shall rule over it. Like, why does sin even desire him? So sin is desiring him because, like the master of sin, the devil... Uh, is compared to a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour in 1 Peter 5, 8. Uh, God doesn't tempt us. Uh, it, it, in James, it says that in James 1, 13-15. It's Satan who tempts us. But we also must see that we can resist sin. Unfortunately, we want to commit it. And he's admonishing Cain to rule over it because he has the ability to turn away from this sin, he, he already has sinned because his countenance has fallen. Uh, Jesus said that whoever hates his brother in his heart, he's already murdered him right now. What, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. But what uh, God is doing is he's saying, you have sin right here now, but you must control it and not let it rule over you. Uh, if you do well... Uh, will you not be accepted? If if you turn, if you repent, will you not be forgiven? Since they're already fallen, mm -hmm. you have to turn away before it's too late because you've already opened up the door a little bit. If you open it up, it will devour you. Ooh, ooh that's so scary. That is so sad. Yeah, you want to read verse 8? Yeah. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Okay, let's think about that. Well, Cain was tricking Abel to go into the field where the two brothers couldn't be seen. Mm. Th this is where the first murder took place. That's where a lot of murders take place in like areas where people are... 
not usually looking like big open spaces. Yeah, there's a lot of people who find their bodies in the middle of fields. Like, they're not, you know, they dump them in fields or they just go places where nobody can see. That's scary and sad. Um, I'm going to uh, read verse 9 here of Genesis um, 4. Chapter 4. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? That always got under my skin. <laughs> uh, so the yeah. word of the Lord came to Cain, asking where his brother was. And like the murderers of today, he fails at lying, saying that his brother is not his responsibility, and tries to gaslight God, implying that this is a stupid question. For some reason, it's like... I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? And it's sort of like a even a play on words. It's like, Abel was a keeper of sheep. like, mm -hmm. And he's like, am I the keeper's keeper? Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and he's also disrespecting God. He's disrespecting God. Like, oh, this is a stupid question. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you go look for him? And God wasn't asking, like, it was a rhetorical question. Yes. It was a rhetorical question, like, where's your brother? You know, and then he had to have attitude. <laughs> and he just, it just sounds, it just sounds bad. Um, and he, the Lord said, what have you done? Not like the Lord doesn't know. The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So to me, that's a weird statement. He's like, like the way I look at it is like, how can someone's blood cry from the ground? I guess I'm thinking of more literal terms. Well, this is figurative. In the in the Hebrew, the word blood is in the plural. It's bloods. Uh, the voice of your brother's bloods cries out to me from the ground. Uh, this uh, this refers to the descent. All the descendants who might have come from Abel, like, this is our own flesh and blood. Remember uh, yeah, how people say that? one person, you pretty much kill a whole generation yeah. of people. Yeah, so, some people, I think it was either John Corson or um, Matthew Henry, uh, even believe that Abel might have been the ancestor of the Messiah before this event. Uh and so, uh, in, in effect, Cain was basically killing, uh, who might have been the direct line to, uh, Jesus, uh, before this, so. Mm -hmm. Well, go ahead and read the next okay. verse. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. Yeah, my, my question was in this verse is, what does it mean, receive your brother's blood? Well, when it says receive your brother's blood, it, it, the, the earth has opened its mouth. And of course, that's a metaphor. So it means that Cain probably buried his brother in the field so nobody would know, like he dug, like the earth opening its mouth, oh, okay. and he cast him into the earth and then covered him up. 
So Cain is no longer going to be a tiller of the ground, uh, a farmer. He's going to have to have a harder time making his living. He won't have the means to make his food. So when it says, um, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. It means that, you know, like he was a farmer, but now he's not going to be a farmer anymore? No, his new occupation is a wanderer, a nomad. He doesn't live in one place, and now he probably has to trade with other people. He's not going to be able to get food on his own. He's going to have to beg for it. And, and Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. Well, so I thought God just told him that. Now he's repeating what God told him pretty mm -hmm. much, but adding a little more, like he's, so he's, he's getting the punishment for what he did right now. Mm -hmm. He's, 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 which is rightly so, but he's complaining about his punishment. Um, do you think, what do you think about, what do you think about that? Like, oh, he's, he's, is it, is it sad to you? I don't it's know. sad. Sad he was in a good environment he grew up in. Like, he wasn't born in the Garden of Eden, but he was born around the land of Eden. Mm -hmm. So In a place where he successfully cultivated plants and food. And so also somehow communed with God because we know that God spoke to him. Like, they had conversations together, so uh, they at least had some sort of relationship. relationship. Uh, but like his parents in the Garden of Eden, he gave in to his sin and then was banished from his successful uh, work environment, and then God removed him from a relationship with him. That's really sad. I think about people giving up their lives, their entire lives, for one simple act. You know, they could end up dead or in jail, or just separated from their families or their communities for, for, for the rest of their lives just because of one act of sin. And there's, we're going to read a lot about that in other stories in Genesis. And it just reminds me in Romans where it says in chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. In the previous verses, God does say that to be a fugitive will be Cain's lot in life. So how does he conclude that someone will kill him? Uh, God didn't tell him. There were more than likely other children that Adam and Eve had. We know that Adam and Eve were the first people that all humanity came from, so they probably had other children. Uh, Cain knew that he might encounter some of his siblings who would try to kill him and avenge their brother Abel. Okay. All right. Um, I'll read verse 15. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark 
on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. What is that mark? Uh, it is not a racial mark. That's for sure. Uh, it's probably maybe something on his forehead that says like he's a murderer or do not touch him, basically. That somebody that everyone would pretty much know. Everyone would pretty much know. just uh, vengeance vengeance belongs to the lord so god doesn't want others to take the law into their own hands mm -hmm. especially since uh he did have a relationship with cain mm -hmm. s somehow so he was probably having mercy on cain he was having mercy on cain yes mm -hmm. so wow. he, he was showing that he was at least willing to Forgive to some extent, he would not, uh, he would still have the same punishment, yeah. but he still allowed him to live. That amazes me. He loves him, but he doesn't let him get, it's, it's like tough love, I think. I don't know. Um, verse 16, do you want to read that? Okay. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. For me, that's really sad um, because he's going, he's leaving the presence of the Lord because of his jealousy, you know, and his jealousy is getting the best of him. And he probably doesn't even know it. He probably doesn't even understand. And he's not only being separated from his family, but God, he's being separated from the relationship that he had with God and then he's living with the guilt of killing his brother he's breaking his parents heart and they're never gonna see him again for the rest of their lives and it just shows how one person's sin can affect everyone around them and even for generations it's it's heartbreaking do you want to go on to verse 17 yeah you, you can read it okay and Cain was intimate with his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. And I think we should, at this point, address the elephant in the room. There's an elephant in the room? <laughs> yes. So who, <laughs> so who was Cain's wife? Now that, that famous... That famous Bible stumping question, like, oh, really? who who was Cain's wife? That's like, a famous Bible stumping question. Yeah, so like we know that Adam and Eve were the first people, and the family of all humanity. So, where did the wife of Cain come from? Like, I think that there was this movie, uh, like, called Inherit the Wind, and I don't know if this question was in here or not. Uh, I think the actual court case had this question, and it's like, so where did Cain get his wife? It's like, mm -hmm. like at first we're like, oh, that that's easy, and then it's like, oh, where did he get his wife? If they're the first people, so initially the answer may sound disgusting, but Cain probably married his sister. Ew, gross. 
Oh, that's incest. Uh, well, not at this time. The gene pool was not as polluted as it is today. If a brother and sister were to marry at that time, their children would not inherit the defects that came that come with incest today. Mm, okay, that's a good that's a good answer because I know that nowadays if people marry too close, um, they they can they can have defects in in their children, and that's sad. But apparently back then, I mean. Society had to start somewhere, right? That's the way I look at it. So why why was Cain building a city? Where Were there a, enough people to build the city? Yeah, there were enough people. So we know that Adam and Eve probably had other children. Uh, in the next chapter, chapter 5, we see that Adam had a, Seth, uh, had a son named Seth at 130 years old. So, oh, yeah, you got a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, so let's assume that the gestation period was the same back then as it is now. So it's possible for him to have uh, 128 other children, not counting twins, before this. Wait, wait, back up. Gestation... Oh, okay, I get what gestation period. Okay, sorry. Okay, so... If we also assume that these children could marry and conceive at 16... Mm -hmm. uh, a very young age, mainly when people would marry. Yeah, and and that's probably what they would, if there was no, oh, wait till I'm 30 or 40. To well, they, they, like, that, that's Sarah. mainly, that's <laughs> mainly, Abraham. that's mainly the whole 18 years of age is mm -hmm. uh, just what we Americans and Westerners mm -hmm. do. Uh, but even at that, uh, that's pretty recent. Why does the writer focus on Cain and Abel? See? Because this is the first murder, a landmark in history to show the sinfulness of humanity. The writer is also highlighting the first city builder throughout the rest of the narrative. Uh, city builders are portrayed as narcissistic troublemakers who follow in Cain's footsteps, like Nimrod. So, so all city builders are narcissists? Well, no. It's just saying that all, most of the city builders in the book of Genesis are narcissists. Oh, okay. They're... All right, that makes sense. Okay, you could read the next verse. Okay. To Enoch was born Erad, and Erad begot Mehuyel, and Mehuyel begot Methushael, and Methushael begot Lamech. And Lamech took for himself two wives, the name of one was Ada, and the other name was Zillah. Okay, so these, uh, the names like Erad, Mahuyel, uh, Methushael, uh, these names like reflect the hardship of being a fugitive, like, uh, like Mehuyel is like, uh, rejected in the face of the Lord or slapped or something like that. Yeah, Mahuyel. And these are all the builders? Well, these are all that uh, all of Cain's descendants. Oh, okay. So, like, they, they pretty much Why led... Why their kids? Slap, slap in the face. <laughs> Probably because they had a very hard time, especially since they couldn't, like... So you think there was a, probably a lot of tension in their there family? There was probably a lot of tension in their family. Like, the... 
name Nod, the place where they lived, actually means exile. Ooh. So they lived in a very not good area. Like they lived in the first hood, basically. Mm -hmm. And so. Wow, it sounds pretty wild. It sounds pretty ghetto. Yeah, and it's like we see that Lamech. Uh, is the first to pervert God's design for marriage. He takes two wives at a time. And Jewish tradition says that Lamech's wife, Ada, was the one that bore children for Lamech, but the other wife, Zilla, was only for his pleasure. He views them as objects, not as his helper. And he was the first one in the Bible mentioned to take two wives. Yes, the first to take two wives. So they're starting, this is almost like the beginning of like the stories that are being recorded, um, there could be more stories, possibly. Yeah, there are probably more stories. Like we got, ha we have Jewish tradition, but you know, we don't know. But we, we don't know. But we do know that these are specific stories that talk about types of sin that the people were beginning to get into after the fall of of humanity. And, and, Ada, and Ada bore Yabel. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Yubal. He was the father of all those who play the heart in flute. And as for Zillah, she bore Tubalcane, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubalcane was Naama. That was verse 20 through 22, by the way. So what's going on? It seems like they're building like their own empire. In a sense, they are building a new empire. Uh, these verses shows us the prideful achievements of Cain's family, and they invented many ob objects that we use today, like flutes and uh, harps, and uh, being able to craft things out of bronze and iron, and living in tents, and so. Tubal Cain, uh, who works in, with metal, he reminds us of the metalworking gods of mythology, such as uh, Vulcan, the Roman god of volcanoes, and uh, those mythological figures. They kind of suggest that Cain's family even convinced people uh, to worship them. Hmm. Well, the name Tubal Cain in and of its oh wait, that's Cain's name, but it's Tubal in front of it. Yeah. Hmm. Do you want to go ahead and um, read the next verse 23 through 24? Yes. Uh, then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. For I've killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. This is verse 23 and 24. So this is a very bold statement. So who was he to say that? Well, this is the first song or poem in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So here he's using the devices which his children have made and using it them to glorify himself. Like he's singing, so he probably has a harp that his son made. And when it says like... And we're talking about Tubal Cain, right? Yeah. Well, no. Uh, the the other son, uh, Lamech. Oh, Lamech. Lamech is singing, and he's probably using 
uh, one of the the harps that like his his song is like blasphemous, right? Well, yes, he 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 he's using he's always in the right in this song, like, oh well, he wounded me and he was hurting me. Uh, a young man and a other man. Two, like just random men? Two random men. We don't know who they are. Uh, according to Jewish tradition, again, some say that these were actually his own children. I, it sounds like it. It sounds like a family feud, in my opinion. <laughs> but I don't know, because this is just all hearsay. This and, is speculation. Yeah, there's speculation, so... He, he's a very narcissist. He, it's, always, it's always somebody else's fault. Listen to my speech. For I wives of Lamech. Like, yeah. wives of me, of Lamech. Listen to me. Hear my voice. And, about killing a man. and he thinks that he's going to get away with it 77 fold. And even, he says, even a young man for hurting me. Oh, you're hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, which, like, nobody really avenged him, right? Then Lamech, seventy-sevenfold. Like, it's a bold statement. Mm -hmm. It's like, who, who are you to be famous? And the, these events, like, if you add up the genealogies and compare them to uh, Seth's line, uh, they took place before the flood right before the flood, like, when mankind became increasingly evil. Like, Tubal-Cain's sister, uh, Nama, right up there, uh, many people uh, speculate, like, where, where does this come, where does she come in? Like, why does she, why is she mentioned there? And, uh, again, according to Drew's tradition, uh, she's speculated to be Noah's wife for some reason. That's speculation, but you have to admit it's kind of weird why that name pops up out of nowhere. Where? In what verse? Uh, in, in, in verse uh, 22. What does it say? What does it say again in verse uh, 22? And as for Scylla, she also bore Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron, and was the sister of Tubal-Cain, uh, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama. Which is a sort of out of place statement. So many names, especially how they how they sound. So Tubal Cain and Lamech are Cain's sons. Uh, Cain's descendants. Yes. Descendants, and Nama is Cain's one of Cain's descendants as well, but a sister uh -huh. of Tubal Cain. Of Tubal Cain. Okay. And, but the, uh, in verse 23 and 24, the poem is Lamech's? Yeah, that's Lamech's poem. And does he even like Tubal-Cain? Or does it even say they had a relationship or no? Well, it, it never says anything. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. And so, like the, the, the legend goes is that he killed uh, Tubal-Cain with the weapons that his son had made. And uh, that's why Ada and Zilla, uh, they're, they're not talking to him in the, in the legend. Mm -hmm. And then he comes and he's like, hear my voice. It's, it was their fault. And whoever tries to kill me 
will get 77 times. It sounds to me, even like in this verse 23 through 24, that there was a lot of bloodthirsting going on. There mm -hmm. was a lot of killing. It sounds like people were just taking people's lives just because they knew they could without no remorse. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Um, do you want to read verse 25 through 26? Yeah, so. And Adam uh, was intimate with his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So why would men begin to call on the name of the Lord because of this new son that she has? Well, her, her new son is just her son, oh, okay. and she, she prophesies. Or Seth. Uh, Seth is her son. And she prophesies, I think this is the first, like, the, the, the first prophecy from a human given in the Bible. And it's from a woman. It's, uh, for God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. Mm -hmm. Another seed. And that goes back to the seed of the woman. Yeah. She's appointed another, uh, he's appointed another seed. Oh. So this is showing that... Uh, it would come from Seth. At first, she tried to prophesy and said, oh, it's Cain. But she now... That these kids that she was having was the actual Messiah? Yeah, she was thinking. But with uh, Seth, she, she was correct in saying that because through Seth would come the Messiah. Hmm. He would not be the Messiah, but... That is where it would lead. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So David Guzik, in his commentary, he speculates that this was the time of the first revival uh, when people began to call out in the name of the Lord. And I think we can safely assume that Enosh was probably the first, uh, the one that started this revival. Mm -hmm. That would make sense. Enosh was Seth's kid. Yes. Okay. And that kind of like, makes a parallel between Cain's uh, kids and Seth's kids. So, like, Cain, Cain's oh, kids, they're singing songs about themselves, but, Seth, but Seth's children, uh, they're uh, calling on the name of the Lord. Oh, so that's interesting. God has a plan, you know, mm -hmm. and it's really... He even said to Cain from the very beginning, like, you know, you have a choice to turn from all this, mm -hmm. but he, he didn't want to. And then it seemed like he just trained a whole generation and was building a whole empire of just evil, evil people. Like, it was like the murdering kept going on and on and on, you know. So, I mean... I, I personally think that our influence is extremely um, important um, on the generations to come. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, nobody's ever going to have, um, like, 
ungodly family members or uh, children who are, you know, narcissistic or, you know, um, but, but personally what I believe is that we can be called to live a life um, that is sold out to God, sold out to Jesus, and and pray for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren um, and just leave the rest up to God. And, and the revival, the revival can happen. The revival can happen with a grandchild. <laughs> it can happen with, you know, um, a great-grandchild down the line. We just have to be faithful to just share uh, the, the, our faith down down from generation to generation we have to be faithful to um, give God our best and maintain that relationship with him so Zeke why don't we wrap this uh, podcast up with praying for um, families out there um, and that that and and for a revival you want to go ahead and, and pray that okay okay so our Father, we thank you for this day, and we we pray for families, uh, especially ones that are broken, that if it is possible, you are able to uh, bring them back to each other, and if it is not possible, at least bring them back to you, if there has been a separation from you, and we just pray that uh, just as people were calling on the name of the Lord, people today would call on the name of the Lord, and we just pray these things. Uh, we pray for this podcast that it would uh, edify other people, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. And if you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And um, if you're so inclined, please leave us a friendly review and tell us how we're doing. And thank you for listening to the Oh My Geekers podcast. podcast.